Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Travis Miller from the law firm Rady Thomas Yon and Clark, PA in Tallahassee, Florida. Travis is a shareholder with the firm and practices primarily insurance regulatory, business, and transactional law. He assists insurance companies and other regulated parties before the Florida Office of Insurance Regulation. He also counsels members of the insurance industry in the regulatory affairs and business transactions. We're pleased to have you with us today, Travis. Thank you. Happy to be here. Today's topic is legislation proposed by the Florida Hurricane Catastrophe Fund that would reduce its size to levels more compatible with resources likely to be available in the global financial markets. This, in turn, would cause insurers to buy more reinsurance in the private market and would put upward pressure on rates. This is compounded by the growing policy count in Citizens Property Insurance Corporation and how changes would impact both insurers and policyholders. The state's governor and others are concerned about possible implications, and Brendan Noonan leads off today with our first question. Travis, can you discuss why the Florida Hurricane Catastrophe Fund is proposing these changes? The CAT Fund is proposing these changes to increase the certainty of its payout. Broadly speaking, the CAT Fund coverages can be viewed in two categories, mandatory coverages that insurers must purchase by law and optional coverages that are available to some or all of the participating insurers. Historically, the CAT Fund's been confident about its ability to pay the mandatory coverages, although in some years there have been questions about its ability to pay the full amount of the optional coverages. This has changed in recent months. The global financial problems have called into question the volume of bonds that the CAT Fund could actually issue after an event. Just this month, the CAT Fund released bonding estimates suggesting that when you add together its cash on hand, plus the amount of bonds it could issue in the 12 months after an event, the CAT Fund would be upwards of $3 billion short in its ability to fully reimburse insurers. This would call into question not only the amount of the optional coverages, but also the mandatory coverages. Of course, the CAT Fund could issue more bonds in later years, but it prefers to look at that 12-month post-event window. And the CAT Fund's position ends up being a simple one. When asked if it can meet its obligations to insurers, it wants to say yes, definitely, and not have to say probably or we hope so. Can you talk about how both Citizens Property Insurance Corporation and consumers would be impacted by any decision? Citizens is the largest purchaser of CAT Fund coverage, so the CAT Fund plays a significant role in Citizens' overall catastrophe financing program. If the CAT Fund becomes smaller, Citizens will need to rely on other resources to pay catastrophe claims. That means Citizens really has two methods of financing claims. It would be its accumulated surplus and assessments. Citizens' rate changes are capped by statute, so it can't readily rely on the rate mechanism to increase the funds available to replace a diminished CAT fund. Instead, unless and until citizens can get to a more actuarially sound rate, a reduction in CAT fund coverage may increase the potential for assessments in citizens. The citizens' customers won't see any immediate effect in their rates because, again, their rates are subject to a legislative cap. But a reduction in in the coverage from the cap fund might increase their exposure to assessments. The bigger consumer impact might be seen in the private market. 
if cat fund coverage is reduced, then you may see a reduction in writings in the private market. This would result in citizens being a more prominent alternative for policyholders, less private market capacity available. Ultimately, this would increase citizens' policy count, which would run counter to what some of our public policymakers in Florida are wanting now, which would be a reduced citizens. Travis, overall, how stable is the Florida Cat Fund? Overall, the Cat Fund is quite stable. It has a very attractive bond rating. And when you take into account its multi-year bonding capacity, the Cat Fund would presumably be able to fully reimburse insurers. It's the 12-month post-event bonding number that has people concerned. And the global financial markets, uncertainty in the amount of bonds that could be issued within that 12-month period that causes these questions about the viability of the CAT fund and its ability to fully reimburse insurers. And what role do you see the government playing in the coming months? The state of Florida is looking at these potential changes in the CAT fund that would reduce its size and its exposure. It's also looking at ways that it can reinvigorate the private market and reduce the size of Citizens Property Insurance Corporation by restoring it to a market of last resort. Changes to the CAT fund would require statutory revisions in the legislative session, which for us begins in January of 2012. So the government has to be involved in the discussion of the CAT fund changes. As far as Citizens goes, some of its initiatives to depopulate and take a more residual market posture can be done by its own board, which would carry a limited amount of government involvement. But there are other aspects of Citizens, like its rate cap, that are in statute. So again, you talk about the legislature needing to get involved to make any meaningful changes. The key for the state of Florida is to view regulatory policy in the property market as a whole, and not in a piecemeal manner or inconsistently. It's certainly possible that if they were to make some changes, like changes to the CAT fund, without addressing other areas like citizens, the state could actually diminish and harm the objectives that some policymakers say they want to reach. Uh, ultimately, how do you see this impacting insurers? Insurers rely heavily on the CAT fund, and it's an attractively priced mechanism for reinsurance or reimbursement coverage. If the state reduces that capacity, insurers will really have two choices. One would be to replace the capacity in the private market, which would likely cost more than what they're currently paying for equivalent coverage in the CAT fund. This will flow through the rate base, uh, ultimately increasing rates to consumers. Meanwhile, citizens' rates are capped, so there will be an increasing disparity between rates in the private market and those of citizens. That will make citizens look relatively more attractive at a time when policymakers would actually like to see citizens look less attractive. So that's a critical impact on insurers is the result on their rates as compared to citizens' rates. Alternatively, insurers might decide if they're not confident in their ability to recover the additional rate effect would be to reduce their writings commensurate with the reduction in cat fund coverage. If carriers reduce their writings, the end result is the same, less capacity in the private market, making citizens a more viable option for policyholders. If the cat fund is changed and citizens is not, the net effect on both consumers and insurers 
is likely to be unfavorable. This might suggest that changing the CAT fund is a good idea conceptually, but maybe not at this point in the market. Or alternatively, the legislature might want to look at changing the CAT fund as part of a broader look at the uh, Florida property insurance market. Travis, is there any timetable for resolution, and where do you see this heading towards the end of this year? A few things will happen toward the end of the year and, in fact, are happening now. But we won't know the final outcome until the spring of 2012. The governor's office and citizens are already looking at how to encourage the private market and move citizens back toward being more of a residual market. There are some things they can do using their executive or corporate authority, so we might see things move in that direction between now and the end of the year. But there are other changes that can only be uh, effectuated through a statutory change, and that will require action in the 2012 legislative session. That begins in January. The legislature is already holding committee meetings in anticipation of the next session, and the Senate Banking and Insurance Committee has heard presentations relating to the size of the CAT fund. They also hear presentations relating to the status of citizens. There will be legislation that will be introduced in anticipation of our 2012 session, but we'll have to wait until the spring to see how that all unfolds. Okay, thanks very much for joining us today, Travis. Thank you. That was Travis Miller from the law firm Rady Thomas, Yon & Clark, PA in Tallahassee, Florida. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for your future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 